Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Rochelle, and this is the Betting Bay Area Podcast and Believe Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network, the only place to show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in River Rectory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And you can find me personally on uh, Twitter at Rochelle Radio. Now, last week, we ended up talking about some player props for the upcoming NFL season for the San Francisco 49ers. Talked about Jimmy Garoppolo, George Kittle, stuff of that nature. And it is worth mentioning that even though the NFL season is still not going to be taking place for a couple of months, BetOnline actually has already uploaded betting lines for all 16 games of the upcoming NFL season for all of your teams, including the San Francisco 49ers. So on this week's show, we're going to be looking at the first four games of the upcoming NFL season for the San Francisco 49ers from a betting perspective. Now, some of you might be wondering, well, why wouldn't you just do all 16 games in one episode? And the reason why is because that would simply take too long. I didn't want to overwhelm all of you, and I figured it would be a smarter move to just break it down into intervals of four. So for this week, as well as the next three weeks, we will be looking at four games of the upcoming schedule for the San Francisco 49ers, and we'll talk about where I think the value should be had. Now, some of you also might be wondering, well, what's the point of betting on any of these games when they're not going to be taking place for another couple of months? And the reason is pretty simple. Just because the game's not going to be taking place doesn't mean that this line will not move. So if you see a line here that you think is going to be moving as it gets closer and closer to uh, the opening snap, then you might be able to get some nice value based on the numbers that are currently listed. Uh, it is worth mentioning, BetOnline is the only book I've seen that has all 17 weeks posted. Uh, FanDuel did have the first two weeks posted, and I actually do use them for one line in week two. But other than that, all the other 16 uh, weeks are going to be done through BetOnline. Without further ado, we're going to dive right in, and we're going to be talking about the 49ers season opener, which will be at home against the Arizona Cardinals. And the spread for this game, the 49ers are currently a 7.5-point favorite, which is available on Bet Online at plus 100. Now, it is worth mentioning that this is available market-wide pretty much at 8.5, but you can already get an extra point of value on the 49ers if you use Bet Online. So that's the one I'm be using for this one. Could you go after a middle if you wanted to? Definitely, you could try to target that exact 8-point uh, threshold, which would let you win both bets. But for the sake of where I think this game is going to end up, i got to take the 49ers minus 7.5, uh, just based on which line is the best line available. Now, the reason why I like the 49ers in this spot, even though Arizona, uh, with their second season with Clint, with Cliff Kingsbury as the head coach, they should look a little bit sharper offensively, they also had a, a very solid offseason as they were able to draft Isaiah Simmons to help out their defense in the first round. They got Josh Jones' offensive tackle out of Houston in the third round, which should help the offensive line. And they also were able to make a, the biggest splash of the offseason by trading David Johnson uh, in a package for uh, DeAndre Hopkins, who is one of the best receivers in the entire league. So now the receiving core for the Cardinals is going to be looking as such. You should have DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, and Christian Kirk, which is a very solid trio at the receiver position. 
However, the one issue that I still have with the Cardinals is based on the fact that I still don't trust this offensive line. I understand that last year they looked a lot better late, especially with the emergence of Kenyon Drake as a solid running back in that backfield. The offensive line, though, was a disaster. Murray was pressured a lot, and throwing in a rookie offensive tackle against elite-level pass rushers on the outside I don't think is a recipe for immediate success. It was a move that needed to be done, and I think Jones could develop into being a decent offensive tackle. But at the end of the day, I don't expect his first NFL game ever going up against Nick Bosa potentially isn't exactly a good matchup for him, to say the least. I think Murray will get pressured a lot. You also have to worry about Hopkins potentially learning the playbook and how the coronavirus has played a factor in maybe limiting his reps with his new starting quarterback, Kyler Murray. Other than that, the defense, I know they still have Patrick Peterson. I know Isaiah Simmons should help. And, of course, Chandler Jones is still an elite-level pass rusher. But at the end of the day, they still have a lot of question marks on the defense, uh, particularly in the secondary. I think Buda Baker's pretty good. And I think Peterson's still solid. Other than that, though, don't really trust anybody else in that secondary. The linebacking core, I think, is mediocre. Isaiah Simmons is, should be a very solid pro, but you have to wonder how quickly he will be able to transition to the speed of the NFL. And Chandler Jones is solid. Don't really think any of the other three defensive linemen are much to write home about. But for me, the main issue is the offensive line against the 49ers, especially on the road in San Francisco. And that game should be close especially as the Cardinals played the 49ers close twice last year. Uh, so I think they might match up decently. But at the end of the day, I think the 49ers should be able to take care of business. I think they should win this game by around 10 points. As for totals, totals are currently not listed on any book, so I don't have access to that information. Uh, I do think the Cardinals will look decent offensively, but I'm still a little bit concerned with their ability to stop San Francisco's elite-level ground game. So for that reason, i got to take the 49ers here. I think they should win this game by around 10 points. And a plus 100 on bet online with an extra point of value in comparison to other books, that definitely is where I would lean for this contest. Now, Week 2 is going to be a little bit different as the San Francisco 49ers will be leaving California and they will be traveling to East Coast to travel to uh, face the Jets in MetLife Stadium. Uh, assuming that every game will be played in the normal home stadium uh, and it won't be played on neutral sites. Uh, San Francisco for this game is a 5.5 point favorite, minus 110 on FanDuel. The reason why I'm using FanDuel for this one is because of the fact that BetOnline has 5.5 and, and minus 115, so you can save yourself a little bit of money due to less juice in this Week 2 matchup. And for this matchup, uh, just to recap what the Jets did this offseason, they actually had a really good draft, and they also addressed some of their needs draft. They drafted an offensive lineman in the first round, and they also ended up drafting Denzel Mims, wide receiver out of Baylor, in the second round. So they ended up getting an extra weapon, and they also improved the offensive line. It is worth mentioning, uh, in addition to drafting Becton in the first round, they also signed a bunch of free agents on the offensive line. So they should com have a completely new offensive line, which is probably for the best, as Darnold was running for his life whenever he did play last year. Uh, with the exception of the mono that costed him a couple of games. Other than that, though, the Jets as a whole also lost Robbie Anderson, but that is where they ended up replacing him with Brashad Perryman and drafting Denzel Mims. The defense as a whole should still be a bit of a question mark. They did end up signing cornerback uh, uh, Desir from the Colts, who should help out in the secondary, and they are linked to Logan Ryan, so they could have also some new faces in the secondary. Linebacking core, assuming C.J. Mosley's back and assuming that Avery Williamson is back, should look better. Uh, the defensive line, though, still very, very underwhelming. 
and I wouldn't say they did much to fix that in the draft. They did end up drafting a couple of people who could potentially fill in, but their defensive line should be one of the worst units in all of uh, professional football. Now, for the 49ers, matchup-wise, even though the Jets' offensive line is improved and could be a lot better, I still have some questions with the Jets' offensive line how they will handle the 49ers' elite defensive line. I know DeForest Buckner is no longer on the team as he got traded to the Colts, which I covered in the last couple of weeks, but I still think that Kinwell should do a decent job of plugging that hole, and you still have Armstead, you still have D Ford, and you still have Nick Bosa. I expect them to make a, it a long afternoon for Sam Darnold as he should struggle to find any time in the pocket. Not to mention the fact that the Jets' number one receiver right now is Brashad Perryman, who's going to have to go against the likes of Richard Sherman. And you also have Jimmy Ward and a couple other people who are returning who have to guard rookie Denzel Mims. I think it should be a long afternoon for the Jets. I know they're going to be at home. I know, t- I know typically teams in the West Coast tend to struggle when they travel to the East Coast. And for that reason, I would lean to the under, but that line is not available. For the sake of this game, I'm going to take the 49ers. I think the Jets, even though they might be poised for some future success based on the uh, framework of the team and how they ended up investing a lot of money to keep Sam Darnold healthy by improving his protection, I still don't think this defensive line is going to be able to do much against this 49ers offensive line and the ground game. Plus, George Kittle, I don't think anybody on the Jets can guard. Mosley is decent in coverage. I think he's more of a tackle specialist. But at the end of the day, I just think the 49ers are a more complete team by a wide margin. And I think they should win that game by at least a touchdown. So for me, I will take the 49ers minus 5.5, which is available on FanDuel at minus 110 for their Week 2 matchup against the New York Jets. Now before we get into Weeks 3 and 4, we're going to take a quick break from and have a word from our sponsor. But after that, we will resume with Week 3 coverage of the San Francisco 49ers. So without further ado, uh, just we're going to take a moment here and have a word from our sponsors. While you're waiting this one out at home with us, you can still have some fun betting at betonline.ag. With no NBA, no NHL, and no MLB, you might think that there's absolutely nothing to bet on, but BetOnline still has hundreds of options, including their online casino with poker and blackjack. But that's not all. They also have options on eSports, American Idol, Big Brother, the presidential elections, the Spelling Bee, and their $750,000 poker series. There's still a lot of fun to be had at Bet Online, and use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Once again, that's betonline.ag, and use the promo code MYPOD100. Bet Online, your online wagering experts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Betting Barrier Podcast here with the Believe Podcast Network. Now, before we ended up going on break, we already recapped what we thought was going to happen for weeks one and two of the upcoming schedule for the San Francisco 49ers. And now we're going to dive into week three. And similarly to week two, they will be playing in MetLife Stadium once again. However, they will be facing off against a different opponent. The 49ers will be laying 7.5, which is available at minus 110 on line, as they will take on the New York Giants on the road. Now, for this matchup, uh, the 49ers are the much better team, of course. And you also have to wonder about the traveling for the 49ers. If you played week two on the East Coast in... MetLife Stadium, would you even bother traveling back to San Francisco for week three when you're playing in the same exact stadium? I don't know. My guess would be the 49ers would probably stay locally in the East Coast because they would just simply be playing in the same stadium back-to-back week. So why would you want to bother flying four-plus hours both ways if you don't need to? 
That remains to be seen. I don't really know how exactly they would handle the traveling, but for the sake of this, I'm going to assume that Shannon and the rest of the staff would stay in New York or New Jersey, so to speak, for the rest of the week and practice there. Uh, but for the sake of the spread from a betting perspective, I'm actually going to lean to the Giants here. And the reason why is because of the fact that I just think 7.5 is too many points. It makes sense if you are worried about the 49ers potentially traveling to the East Coast in this for Week 2 against the Jets. But I think the Jets are actually a better team than the Giants overall. The Giants definitely made some moves in the draft to improve the offensive line as well as they ended up drafting Andrew Thomas with the fourth pick in the draft. Probably a little bit prematurely, as they probably could have gotten him if they traded back at maybe 7 or 8. But either or, they ended up improving the offensive line. They also signed James Bradbury, the cornerback out of the Carolina Panthers, and they paid him a ton of money during the offseason. So he should help provide a spark, or at least provide some massive improvement to the Giants' secondary. But simply put, do I really think the Jets are two points better than the Giants? Are two points worse than the Giants? I mean, I don't know. I think the Jets are better than the Giants, but two points seems a bit much to me. I think that the 49ers should probably be favored somewhere in this matchup at around minus six. I think the spread should be very close to each other. Plus, I mean, Giants at home, they tend to have a pretty good home crowd, despite how awful the team actually is. And Daniel Jones had some moments last year where he looked pretty good. The question, though, similarly to the Jets, is how well will this offensive line hold up? And assuming that Nate Soldier or Fleming are going to be the other tackle uh, with Andrew Thomas on the other side, I don't expect them to hold up too well. However, they do still have uh, Saquon Barkley, who's an elite-level running back. And the receiving core, unlike the Jets, is actually pretty solid, as they still have the likes of Darius Slayton and some other people, including Evan Ingram at the tight end spot. So they do have some weapons on offense, which could potentially put up some points. For this game, I think the 49ers will win. I think they should end up starting... I think they should start the season 3-0, but at the end of the day, I do think 7.5 is a bit too much, especially with a Sunday night football matchup against the Eagles uh, up next. I think that could be a potential look-ahead spot where it could be a trap game, so to speak. I'll take the 49ers, but I will take the Giants to cover the plus 7.5 as I think they should lose this game by 7 points or less. And, with, and without further ado, we're going to dive right in to Week 4 here, uh, talking about the Sunday night football matchup between the Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers. This game will be taking place in San Francisco, so they will have a home field advantage, assuming that fans are allowed into the stadium with all the corona pandemics going on in California. I already know that California shut down uh, some schools for the fall semester already, so I'm not really sure how that will work in terms of fans. But for the sake of this look ahead, we're going to assume that there are at least some fans in attendance for this home game on Sunday Night Football. The spread in this game, the 49ers are currently a 5.5-point favorite, uh, which is available at minus 110 on Bet Online. Uh, I think this game should be tough. The main issue I have with the Eagles, even though they are going to be better this year than last year because of the fact that they dealt with a plethora of injuries during the course of last season, is the fact that the Eagles were amazing at home last year and absolutely terrible on the road. So I am a little bit concerned with how well this team will play in a hostile environment or if last year was simply an anomaly where they couldn't win a game on the road and they won pretty much all their games at home. I expect this upcoming season to be relatively similar, but not to the same extreme. I think the Eagles should play a little bit better on the road. Uh, For this game, though, 49ers, we all know, are amazing at home, and they do have a very solid 
pass rush, which I keep talking about. But the Eagles did lose Jason Peters, one of their veteran offensive tackles. So you do have to wonder if the Eagles will uh, struggle protecting Carson Wentz, who has had injury issues in the past, without Peters on the roster. Now, Peters is still a free agent, and there still is a chance that he might re-sign with the Eagles. But as of right now, they do have some issues at the offensive line, and you have to wonder how much of a factor that will play. The rest of their offensive line is still solid, but missing one tackle is definitely important when you have the elite edge rushers that the 49ers possess. Talking about the offseason, though, for the Eagles, they ended up having a very questionable draft early on as they ended up drafting Jalen Rieger, wide receiver out of TCU, in the first round. Interesting because Justin Jefferson was still available out of LSU, and I thought that they were going to go for him. Uh, they could have potentially traded up for C.D. Lamb as he ended up falling in the draft before getting selected by the Dallas Cowboys. But Rieger should potentially provide a bit of a spark for that receiving core for the Eagles, even though he had some drop issues in college at TCU. You should be getting Alshon Jeffrey back, uh, who ended up missing a decent amount of games last season before returning late in the regular season. You should also be getting Deshaun Jackson back, and they also ended up trading with the San Francisco 49ers during the draft, and they ended up uh, picking up Marquise Goodwin, who, even though he was injured for the majority of last season, is still a speedster, despite the fact that he's been in the league for a while, and he could be a potential deep threat for Philadelphia. Other than that, though, looking at the other moves for the Eagles, I would say that they've been relatively quiet so far during the course of the offseason. They made a couple of moves here or there, but nothing really worth writing home about, with the exception of acquiring Darius Slay, cornerback from Detroit. Definitely the biggest splash move that they made during the offseason, which was needed as their secondary was absolutely terrible last year. You had Ronald Darby as their number one corner. Now he's no longer on the roster, and they have been able to replace him with Darius Slay. Not a big Jalen Mills guy, but he is currently listed as the safety along with Rodney McLeod. And you still have Sidney Jones as a corner. Not really a big fan of him either, but they also ended up getting Roby Coleman, uh, so they did make some moves to their secondary. Their defensive line is still pretty solid, though, with Fletcher Cox and Derek Barnett leading the way alongside Brandon Graham. And their offensive line I already talked about. Still some question marks with Andre Dillard at the left tackle spot. But this team should be very solid. I personally think they are the favorites to win the NFC East. And in terms of the spread here, I do think that this spread is a little bit too high. For the 49ers, do I think that they'll win the game? Yes, I do think that there is a chance the Eagles could win this game. But at the end of the day, I think the 49ers are just too good at home. And I think they should find a way to win this matchup. But 5.5, a a little bit too high here. Uh, Especially considering the fact that the 49ers are a a 5.5 road point favorite against the Jets. And I can understand it, I guess, because home field typically means 3 points. Which means that the 49ers are roughly an eight and a half point favorite against the Jets on a neutral, which I still think is low. So I'm a little bit confused by that line. But this line here, that means that on a neutral, the 49ers would be roughly a two and a half point favorite against the Eagles. I think it's tough. I think you really make an argument that the Eagles would be closer to a minus, uh, to a plus one, potentially plus two here, based on the fact that the Eagles against the run have been very solid recently. And I think that they could do a pretty good job uh, with Fletcher Cox in the middle, especially at stopping the 49ers running game and forcing Garoppolo to beat them through the air, which I think could be a little bit concerning because I'm not really sure how much faith the 49ers coaching staff has in Garoppolo after that lackluster performance late in the Super Bowl, as well as the entire postseason. But for me, I think the 49ers will win the game, but I do think five and a half is a little bit too high. 
I think this game should be very close throughout, and I think the 49ers should win that game somewhere in the realm of a field goal. So I'd say the 49ers would win that Sunday night game by three or four points, but I think five and a half is a little bit too rich for my blood. Uh, so for that reason, I would take the Eagles plus the points. So before we wrap up on today's video, for the first four weeks of the regular season for the 49ers, we're going to recap once again what my thoughts were for the first four weeks. I like the 49ers in week one, minus seven and a half at plus 100 on bet online. I think they'll win that game by around 10 or so. For week two, the 49ers minus five and a half against the Jets at minus 110 on FanDuel. I like the 49ers minus five and a half as well as I think the Jets should struggle against that elite level pass rush that the 49ers possess. And the Jets don't really have many offensive weapons so I think that if the 49ers can stop the Jets offense, I think they should score enough points in order to win that game by at least seven points. Now for week three, 49ers are laying seven and a half against the Giants on the road. Minus 110 on battle line. I actually like the Giants here at plus seven and a half. I just think that's too many points, especially with the second straight week in the East Coast. I think the Giants should look a little bit more comfortable at home. They do have more offensive weapons than the Jets. I think they should be able to keep that game within a touchdown. And I do think that spread is a little bit too high. And last but not least for week four, on Sunday Night Football, the Eagles traveling to San Francisco to take on the 49ers. 49ers as a 5.5 point favorite at minus 110 on Online. I actually like the Eagles plus the 5.5 here. I think that game should be within a field goal or so. So I do think the 49ers will win all four games, but I'm a little bit skeptical on their ability to cover in, the, in weeks three and four. And other than that, that's going to do it for this installment of Betting Bay Area. Once again, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available on favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. You can find me personally at Reichel Radio on Twitter. Now, for next week, we're going to be looking at weeks 5 through 8, so stay tuned for that. But other than that, though, thank you for tuning in, and good luck to all of you and your respective bets today. Bye, everyone. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.